0: bar and all the windows fastened down I spent the night in sleeplessness rose at every sound half in hopeless sorrow half in fear the day would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away just before the sunrise I heard something at the wall Gate began to rattle, a voice began to call. I hurried to the window and looked down into the street, expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet.
1: But there was no welcome one. back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, with a little bit of uh, the song. He is alive, and uh, that was a, I hope our good friend Larry is listening. (laughs) Larry requested that song uh, last week, and uh, we want to say thank you to our fantastic guest, Mr. David Brock, and uh, uh, David is on the line with us. He's the uh, founding uh, director of uh, Christians United for Israel, and uh Harvard law grad and uh as well as a Princeton grad and uh we we won't hold that against you sir <laughs> I appreciate that brother Craig <laughs> Yeah yeah and uh a fantastic book I'm telling you now I'm ashamed to say I didn't finish it yet but I'm telling you while the portion that I did read I could not put it down riveting
0: I appreciate that and I got to tell you I've been doing some some radio shows with the book release, and uh, you're way ahead of most radio hosts in that you read at least part of it. <laughs> most, of them, most of them, you can tell, haven't even picked it up. So, they, thank you, sir.
1: Well, look, I, I get so many. I mean, I've been done probably 400 interviews over the years. Actually, yeah. I don't know how many. I, I would maybe more. So, we get thousands of books. I, obviously, I can't read them all. But so I I go through them and the ones that grab me I tend to read. I'm telling you, yours grabbed me, all right? Wow. It it really and and the thing about it is I think of myself as a fairly well-informed person, okay? And I learned so much just I'm telling you, just in the preface the things that I learned. I mean, it's it's astounding. I mean, you, this is this is great research and it's, and it's just shameful that this stuff is not commonly known out here, and it and it takes watchmen on the wall like like you and you know. Hopefully, folks will think I'm a watchman on the wall too. But you know, it takes uh, people to to really. It's a lot of sacrifice that goes into the study, and I, I just wanted to congratulate you. This this is excellent, and folks, you really need to get this book, uh, "Reclaiming Israel's History."
0: Well, th- thank you very much brother Craig. I uh, uh, really appreciate that and I- I'm humbled by that. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, well no, thank you. Thank you. I mean, the um, you know, this this thing with the Palestinians and the Israelis, I mean, this this has been going on and look, how often do we hear uh, a pre- president, I mean, I think ever since Jimmy Carter with uh, you know, he had his uh Camp David accords and um you know, kind of a, a mild peace between Egypt and uh, and and Israel, and of course he was assassinated afterwards. But uh, you know, so people, every president says, "Oh, I have a peace plan," and it's you know, some people think peace comes after conflict is over, and there's a winner and a and a loser, and and then the loser accepts reality. What's wrong with that?
0: You, you just put you just put your finger on the fundamental problem here. Um, Look, I wrote this book, Reclaiming Israel's History, because, as opposed to other countries. You you don't don't have dedicated dedicated enemies going around and lying about the history of uh, Portugal. You you don't have groups on campuses across the country dedicated to lying about the history of Switzerland. But we're living in a time when there are groups on college campuses and beyond across Mm -hmm. the country dedicated to slandering the state of Israel. Yes. Um, this is both both radical Islam, which, which doesn't much love Israel or America, mm-hmm. and and the radical left, mm-hmm. who who's, who's, insists on a narrative in which all of the evil in the world must be blamed on white Europeans, mm-hmm. and insists on fitting the, 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 the square peg of Israel into the round hole of their radical ideology. They insist that Israel is somehow a, 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 a colonial outpost of Europe in the Middle East, which it is very much not. Mm-hmm. So it was critical to go back and reclaim Israel's history and share the truth about Israel. And what you mentioned earlier is true. This conflict has been driven from day one by the fact that one of the, one of the parties to this conflict, the Arabs of Palestine now called the Palestinians has been determined to destroy the other party to this conflict, the Jews of Palestine now called the Israelis Mm -hmm. and unless and until they accept that they're not going to be able to achieve that goal. Unless they give up on that goal, they're not much interested in compromising. They're still interested uh, in destroying Israel. And and we see, and I highlight this history in the book, five times the Israelis have offered the Palestinians a state of their own, Mm -hmm. a Palestinian state living side by side in peace with Israel, exactly what everyone thinks, will solve the conflict.
2: It won't. The problem
0: is five times they've turned that offer down, mm-hmm. and you realize uh, until there's a change in leadership, until there's a change in philosophy, trying it for the sixth time probably isn't going to change much.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And see, and uh, also the uh, in 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 one of the past deals that they rejected, they actually w- were offered more than what's on the table now because uh, okay. after they they got a little uh, leeway. Uh, rather than act peaceful, which they say, oh, we want peace, they, they shot rockets from that area into Israel.
0: Well, yeah, you're talking about the withdrawal from Gaza in 2005. Um, Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, you know, the, uh, the tough guy, they nicknamed him the bulldozer
2: mm-hmm. because
0: he built a lot of the, the controversial Israeli settlements in Judea and Samaria and the West Bank. He becomes Prime Minister of Israel. And he says, you know, that the temptation that you referenced, of, I want to make peace, was very strong.
2: Mm-hmm. So he said,
0: I'm going to pull out of part of the lands the Palestinians want for their own state. I'm going to pull out of Gaza. And I'm going to give it to the Palestinians. Let them turn Gaza into a Singapore in the Middle East. Let them take control and build the economy, and we'll start a virtuous cycle. He called it a down payment on peace. Mm-hmm. We'll start a virtuous cycle in which the Palestinians show they can rule themselves and peace uh, is furthered. Then we withdraw from further lands as they receive more lands, and we achieve ultimately a, a, this two-state deal. Problem is, as you point out, when Israel pulled every last citizen and soldier out of the Gaza Strip and gave it over to the Palestinians, rocket fire from Gaza into Israel didn't decrease. It increased, and it increased dramatically. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to confuse people unless you understand that the, the people who rule the Palestinians, the people who rule Gaza, weren't happy with a down payment on peace. They're more interested in using any land they get to destroy Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, When you understand the radical leadership that controls the Palestinians, it makes more sense. The problem is so many people from the outside assume that the Palestinian leaders must be just like us. They
1: must no. want peace.
0: They yeah. must want must coexistence. The history proves uh, uh, tragically that's not the case.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's really, it, it, and it boils down. Would you say it's, uh, you know, one of the things I, I in my analysis of governments, I boil them down to two types, basically. <clears throat> those that believe our rights and freedoms are a gift from God and those that believe uh, your rights and my rights are whatever the powerful people say they are. And Islam is the latter in spades, okay? And it's no different from uh, communism, socialism, fascism, uh, or even uh, elements in America that want uh, the government to run every aspect of our lives. And they believe that they have the right, and if, if you go to the all the way the extreme of Islam, they have the right to lie, rape, steal, kill, Anyone that is not a Muslim, so where where is there there is no there is that's not even oil and vinegar at least you can shake that up until you pour it on your salad. What do you do with that
0: well it's it's what you what you point out is is critical to this conflict look i I know Palestinians who want peace. I know Palestinians who, who want to live side by side with Jews, and like you pointed out earlier. There have been Arab leaders who want peace. The problem is they turn up dead, Mm -hmm. like Anwar Sadat, and we can go through the history of of the Arabs of Palestine. Every time an Arab leader achieved any prominence who said, hey, let's live in peace with the Jews, they got killed. Mm -hmm. And and so you have, you know, the Palestinians are a relatively new people.
1: Yeah, now, now, could could I get you to hold on that point on new people because we're up against a hard break? So with your hole in that? That'd be a good starting point when we come back. Well, all right, folks, if you're just joining us, we have David Brog, author of Reclaiming Israel's History. We're going to take our, our bottom-of-the-hour break. We will be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Oh. Uh.
2: that
1: Welcome back to the program, Virginia, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And this is our final and our special uh, programs throughout the Lenten season, folks, are culminating here. Uh, a day before Resurrection Sunday. And, uh, and I promise you, we'll get back to the hard-hitting politics that you, uh, you tend to like, okay? But uh, on this day, the big dog, uh, Brother Craig, has to play second, fin- second fiddle <laughs> to our big brother, uh, Jesus. And uh, we want to welcome back, if you're just joining us, we have David Brog with us. Uh, David has written a fantastic book, Reclaiming Israel's History, Roots, Rights, and the struggle for peace, and I'm telling you, folks, you you need to get this book, and uh, uh, and you young folks out there that only know uh, what your professors uh, give you, uh, you got to get this book, and uh, and and thank you for staying over, and uh, you know we were just talking about Palestine and the uh, the, the the term Palestinian. And, uh, you know, and I, and I find out that the word, you know, they claim to be Palestinians, but the word does not even appear in the Quran, which is 1,400 years old. Not once does the word appear in the Quran.
0: No, not once, nor does the word Jerusalem appear in the Koran. Um, but um, the term became popular in the West.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, the Romans, the uh, uh, Jews rebelled against Rome, a couple times. Romans got tired of the rebellions. They not only uh, destroyed the temple, they not only exiled millions of Jews, they not only killed millions of Jews, um, but they said, we're, we're going we're to try to sever the connection between the Jewish people and their land by changing the name of the country. Mm-hmm. The country was called Judea, mm-hmm. which kind of gives you an idea about who lived there. Right. You, might, you might as well call it Jew land. Right, uh, it was the land of the Jewish people.
2: Mm-hmm. They
0: they severed the connection. They gave it a name, and 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 out of spite, they, they took the name of Israel, the, the Jewish people's traditional enemies, the Philistines, mm-hmm. and called the land Philistina, which became Palestina, which became Palestine.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, before it, before we go further, how big? Because you know, is modern Israel is a little itty bitty country. All right, tell the audience how big Judea was.
0: It's funny. People hear about Judea or Israel, they imagine it must be as big as the U.S. or, or at least uh, (laughs) at least Texas. Uh, uh, Judea would have been the size of um, Connecticut. Um, The modern state of Israel is is, is maybe maybe uh, uh, comes close to the size of New Jersey. Um, We're talking about a tiny strip of land Mm -hmm. uh, that makes up a small, you know, uh, less than one percent of. of the entire Middle East that's ruled by Arabs and Muslims. It's mm-hmm. a tiny speck uh, where the Jewish people are seeking the, the right of self-determination. But... Um since they changed the name, uh, as you know, the, the Jews never used that name. They called it the Land of Israel, and the Arabs never used that name. They never saw Palestine as a distinct geographical entity. Mm-hmm. It was the West that used that name. So when Britain in World War I conquered it from the Ottoman Empire, they got a mandate from the League of Nations to rule it, and it was called the, the Mandate for Palestine, the British Mandate for Palestine. Mm-hmm. That's when the Arabs living there started slowly, gradually, to refer to themselves first as the Arabs of Palestine. They were Arabs first, part of this great Arab world. Mm -hmm. But the Arabs of Palestine, they've had three leaders since then in in their brief history. All three of them dedicated to to sort of this radical notion that the Jewish people have no connection to this land and no rights in this land, and it's okay to use violence against their civilians in an effort to take the land back from them. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: The first was a guy named Hajime al-Husseini, the Mufti of Jerusalem who uh, got so excited by the, the, the Holocaust, by the Nazi final solution, he said, this is great, we can kill the Jews in Europe before they're able to come back home to Israel. He actually flew to Berlin during World War II, met with Hitler, lived in Berlin, broadcast Nazi propaganda daily in Arabic on the radio, and helped Hitler raise divisions and battalions of Muslim soldiers from both Bosnia and Europe and North Africa, to fight uh, alongside the Nazis. So that was leader number one. Mm-hmm. Let's kill them in Europe before they can get back home. Mm-hmm. Eventually his power faded, and leader number two emerged, Yasser Arafat. That would be a name more, more of your listeners know.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Arafat, of course, was a pioneer of international terrorism. Uh, his, his, his contribution to world civilization was the uh, airplane hijacking, the bombing, the the acts of terror. It, let's kill the Israeli Olympus. civilians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's kill Israeli civilians in a way to, to discourage them and drive them from the land. didn't work. Now the new guy, the guy has been in power, he's in the 11th year of his four-year presidential term, Mahmoud Abbas. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's a moderate. He looks like a nice fella. What they don't know is that the Palestinian Authority he runs, by law, by legislation, gives rich financial rewards to any Palestinian who murders Israelis. If you're in an Israeli jail because you killed Israelis because you're a terrorist, You get an annual salary from the Palestinian Authority far better than anything you'd get through honest work. Mm
2: -hmm. And the longer
0: your sentence, the more Israelis you killed, the more your salary, the larger your salary. Mm -hmm. And if you die in your attack, which is often the goal in these suicide attacks, don't worry, your family gets the money. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what you call that. I call that state sponsorship of terrorism. So uh, the more things change, the more they remain the same. And it's this: these three leaders, this history of rejectionism, this history of, of violence in, in the name of your political cause, killing, killing innocents, terrorism. Uh, that's what's driving this conflict.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, how 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 much of um, the the animus towards Jews would you think would be uh, in in the uh, in the British naming it Palestine? I mean, these these were not stupid people. Now, so. Uh, was this something intentional? Because in the West, through, there there are people throughout the West, right up to this very day, that they have such a special animus uh, against Israel, and it's very similar to the animus that they have against American Christians. They uh, Barack Obama once famously said that America is no longer a Christian nation. You know, I, I beg to differ. But, um, in, and I think it boils back down to the difference between the two forms of government in America and Israel are the only two nations whose founding is, the, these are nations founded on the principle of our rights come from God, not man, that there is an authority higher than the uh, prime minister or the president or the Congress.
0: Yeah, I I, I think... What, what you're what you're laying out is uh, has this deep deep truth to it brother um and, and that is there is this revolt against the very foundation of our civilization um we, United States and Israel are really twin pillars of a judeo-christian civilization that has brought un, 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 you know unprecedented freedom dignity and and prosperity yes. to its citizens mm-hmm and yet now we
1: see To the whole strange, world.
0: To the whole world. Now we see this strange phenomenon where people who grew up in the luxury of this civilization attacking its own its very roots. We mm-hmm. see our own children going off to colleges and universities and being taught to hate the very civilization that gave them the luxury of attending a four year college mm-hmm. and just and just devoting yourself to higher learning for four years. This this is not a we, common thing. We
1: hope higher learning. A lot of them are dedicating themselves to four years of partying.
0: That, that well. With, you
1: know, with a little I, bit uh, of the, learning, A
0: friend of mine, Dennis Prager, <laughs> a friend of mine Dennis Prager put it very well. He said I'd I'd almost rather they
1: drink beer and party than sit in classes and learn what's being taught to in <laughs> <from> university. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. A lot of times that's that's the the lesser of two evils. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate it's
0: tragically true. Yeah. And so when, when they attack Israel, they're not just attacking some foreign country. I think a lot a lot of our friends, you know, a lot of conservatives think, Okay, Israel's some foreign country, I don't need to worry about it. That when they're attacking Israel, they're attacking the root system. Yeah, of our, of our of our civilization and an outpost of our ideals, morality, and freedom yes. in a very dangerous neighborhood, and it starts with Israel. It never ends with Israel. America is always next. Those who hate yeah. Israel don't much love America.
1: Even Iran calls uh, Israel little Satan, and they call America great Satan. I mean, you can't oh, make this stuff up.
0: <laughs> you better believe it. You know, pe- people get that so wrong, brother Craig. They think maybe the Iranians hate America because oh,
1: they support Israel. No. It,
0: they don't know a thing about this regime in Iranian history. They mm. have an obsession with America. Mm. They blame America for a coup in 1956 that, that displaced Mohammad Mossadegh and put the Shah of Iran in power. Every, every Iranian in power who suffered under the Shah blames America for that. When they seized power in 79, it was with a red-hot, blazing hate, a white-hot hate. Mm-hmm. of America, and they see Israel as an outpost of America in their neighborhood. It's, 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 it's exactly the opposite. Israel suffers mm-hmm. for being identified with America and American values. But, you know what? Uh, if the shoe fits wear it. Uh, yeah. Israel is representative of America and American values in our fundamental Judeo-Christian civilization, and I'll tell you what more. We have a lot of allies in the world who might suffer us, might let us defend them from our shared enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that, that we have many allies in the world who actually defend us from our shared enemies. Israel's the only one I know of. Yeah. And they fight Hezbollah, they fight Hamas, they fight al Qaeda, they fight ISIS. They're on the front lines defending us from our shared enemies. Frankly, I'm grateful they do so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot we learn from them because they have direct experience, uh, whereas, you know, with us it's more uh, theoretical, strategic. With them, it's life and death, okay? So, yeah, ev- every day. Uh, now, how much of this is, you know, I, I think it, a lot of it is just people want God off the throne and they want to be on the throne, as in so many aspects of life. But how much is it as a violation of the Tenth Commandment? Thou shalt not envy uh, what thy brother has. And, you know, Jews are a very, very successful people. In America, they're 3% of the population and 35% of the Nobel Prize winners. Okay. I mean, phenomenal. So how much is there an envy factor, and what is it about Jewish culture that produces, I mean, my thing is you should imitate successful people, not envy them.
0: You you just passed the Israel test, Brother Craig. Uh, A a great thinker, uh, Ronald Reagan's favorite economist, a man named George Gilder, Mm -hmm. wrote a book called The Israel Test. And he says the way, exactly like you just phrased it, he says the way you respond to Israel is exactly what will be an indication of how you respond to success, how you respond to enterprise and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and success and drive. If you, if you respond with hate and jealousy, you fail the Israel test. If you respond by saying, let's admire that, let's duplicate that, you pass the Israel test. But
1: in What was this, his name again? I'm writing that down.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're supposed to plug my book, but let me plug this book, because I think you'd love it. Uh, Gilder, G-I-L-D-E-R. George Gilder. He wrote a book about free markets and the economy that Ronald Reagan loved, and and, and made one of his bedrocks of his economic plan.
2: Gilder wrote this
0: book called The Israel Test, and that's exactly what he sets forth. Israel has been a stunningly successful country, much as the Jewish people have been surprisingly successful as individual people. The Jews went back to this wasteland. It was a wasteland when they returned, Palestine, Israel. And and, and there was no resources there. The only resources they ever had was oil in the Sinai, but they gave back the Sinai to Egypt for peace. So they had Mm -hmm. no resources. They've taken this wasteland and turned it into this high-tech startup nation which is thriving, and in and, and, and every, every aspect. There was not enough water in Israel, so Israel became water pioneers and has developed the technologies that can save the entire world from thirst if only the world will let them and when any country in Africa that lets israel in to revolutionize their agriculture mm-hmm. they've got food they've got water so it's this amazing country of enterprise innovation making the desert bloom it's a beautiful story and can be a model for the world and actually practically help save the world if only the world will get over its hatred and envy and say hey come help us
1: come mm-hmm. teach us yeah that 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 that's strong that's strong and now a lot of what you write is the how a lot of these lies, the reason that they're believed is because of this skill, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the skill of the liars. They actually exaggerate human frailties that you can find anywhere, in any people, in any nation, in any ethnic group, and they act like if you find this in anyone that's Jewish, then they say, oh, those Jews do X, Y, Z. If there is a, a Jewish communist, then those Jews are, are communists. If there's a Jewish capitalist, then any evil of anyone that does wrong in capitalism, oh, it's those Jews. And yeah. so break down for the audience, you know, how these, these, these lies are. They're, they're so pernicious and they're, they're just they're so successful, particularly against our young
0: well, look, it's the world's oldest hatred, anti-Semitism, and this, this, this singling out of the Jewish people among the peoples of the earth for special blame. And as, as you pointed out, it's, 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 it's crazy. So you know, during, during the 20th century, when the real focus of the world was this debate over communism and capitalism, the communists who hated capitalism saw capitalism as some Jewish enterprise. There were Jewish capitalists, a small minority of Europe's capitalists. They saw capitalism as Jewish. It's Mm -hmm. it's the Jewish vice, the Jewish evil. At the very same time, anti-communists saw communism as the Jewish vice, the Jewish evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were Jewish communists. They were a small minority of Europe's communists. But in each case, what they hated most, they only saw the Jews involved in it and only made it a Jewish frailty. And what we're seeing today is the exact same thing, only not directed towards Jews as individual people, but directed towards the one and only Jewish state. Mm-hmm. We live in an era where free countries, democracies, are having to battle terror, mostly Islamic terror. And those who, need, who appreciate and understand the need to fight terror will appreciate what Israel does, but those who are troubled by it, especially among the radical, uh, radical Islam and, and the left, they single out Israel's efforts to fight terror. They ignore every other country's. They mm-hmm. single out Israel's efforts to fight terror and place singular blame on the Jews. This is an Israeli crime fighting terror. This is an Israeli atrocity fighting terror. Uh, we also live in an age of nationalism, and especially now with the election of Donald Trump. People mm-hmm. are talking more and more about nationalism. But people who don't like nationalism, people who don't like the idea of a nation having an identity and a pride and, and wanting to protect its borders, They pick out Israel alone among the nations of the world, among the nationalists of the world, and see nationalism as a singularly Jewish crime, an Israeli crime. And so anti-Semitism persists, just the forms have changed, the topics have changed, but it's that Mm -hmm. same impulse, something you don't like in the world, Find a Jew who's involved in it and blame the Jews for
1: it. Right, right, yeah. And see, and we, we get a whole lot of that as Christians, as conservatives, as constitutionalists. I mean, we get that in spades, and uh, but Israel has been getting it much, much longer uh, oh, yeah. than 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 we have. Uh, as a matter of fact, at first, uh, this week in history, I do a little series every week, this week in history. And I think in 15-something, uh, let, let me look real quick, uh, uh it was uh, April 12th, I believe. Uh, yeah, 15, oh, it's in my notes, but it was the first Jewish ghetto was oh. was built. Okay, so th- you're talking a, a long time, folks, a very, a very long time. And so we, you know, we who've been dealing with this uh, for a short period of time, we, we need to kind of, you know, get over it and understand this is human nature. It's not going anywhere. And uh, But now you mentioned Trump. Yeah. now let's let's talk about what obama uh laid on Israel and that uh Trump has inherited versus what Trump has to do because I mean Obama has literally given iran uh permission to nuke up and 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 everyone knows i mean these are not dumb people everyone knows that Iran calls Israel little Satan and America big Satan and and the and when they say we're going to wipe Israel off the map they really really mean it okay they, it's not just hyperbole they mean it and yet Barack Hussein Obama uh, gives them a window within ten years if if now if they hold to the agreement ten years and they' are not holding to it it's
0: it, it, you know we're, we're talking you're talking about this sort of the biblical fundamentals before, brother. And to me, the greatest distinction we face today, and you can tell if someone's a conservative or a liberal right from this distinction, is do you believe there's such a thing as evil in the world? Mm-hmm. Conservatives believe it. The Bible yes. teaches it. Liberals deny it. So if you, if you deny, and, and, and you know, when I went, by the way, I went to law school with Barack Obama. We were in the same oh. class at Harvard Law.
1: Did he show up for class?
0: Well, I, I never, I never met him.
1: You never, never met, met him, him. People, but people
0: talked about him. Like, people
1: <laughs> talked about him. I just never. How'd met that him? joker get a degree if he didn't show up for class? I've well, interviewed Wayne Allen Root several times, and Wayne declares that he has never seen the guy.
0: <laughs> it was a big law school. It's it's, it's possible. I uh, just know. I never met him, and People, everyone talked to him. They said, that one day, ooh, Barack, one day he's going to be a senator. <laughs> they, they underestimated him. Wow. But I know the environment in which he was educated. And Antonio's fundamental problem, he doesn't believe there's such a thing as evil in the world. And He said it himself, and he said it about Iran. He said, we all want the same things. We all want to raise our families in peace and dignity. Baloney. You know, at least, mm-hmm. at least you're supposed to be a multiculturalist. Barack Obama, you're supposed to believe in multiple cultures and respecting multiple cultures, then at least have enough respect for the radical Islamic rulers of Iran to take them at their word. Yes. They don't want what we want, they want mm-hmm. something very different from what we want. They want to destroy us, they want to destroy Israel, and like you pointed out, they mean it.
1: Yeah. And, the Quran so, commands them to do these things, uh, to immigrate. I mean, the, we call them refugees. They are—they uh, are called themselves holy warriors. It's just a f- different type of jihad. Jihad by immigration. It's called the the Hajj or the Higra. I mean, this—it's—it's it's written in the Quran to do this. He who immigrates for the sake of Allah is is blessed.
0: Well, you know, that's like at least take them at their word. And the guy, there is no more radical Islamic government wow. on earth today than the Iranians. So yeah, so you what? And I the f- see the evil, and you, and you say, hey last thing we want to do is pump billions of dollars into that evil government. The last thing we want to do is, is fund that evil government's research into ballistic missiles and nuclear arms. Yeah. Uh, President Obama had a very different view. He said, they're reasonable. They're like us. So if they're mad at us, we must have done something wrong. Let's right the wrongs we've done to Iran, and then they'll no longer have a reason to hate us. If you, if you look at human history, it's that mistake, that, hmm. that, that fallacy, that foolishness that empowers and enables evil to march in this world, evil to succeed in this world. And what I'm encouraged by is, at the very minimum, this new administration sees Israel as a friend and Iran as an enemy. Mm -hmm. We're already light years ahead of where we were.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if you're just joining us, folks, we have David Bragg as, as our special guest today, and his book is Reclaiming Israel's History, Roots, Rights, and the Struggle for Peace. Now, David, what, what can uh, President Trump do, and, and, uh, and, and what about Prime Minister Netanyahu? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I am bothered by the idea that because uh, there are some settlements being built or because uh, Israelis uh, defend themselves, and, and the way they defend themselves is that they put themselves at personal risk to make certain that no innocents are killed. The exact opposite of what uh the Arab combatants do. Exact opposite. I'm really bothered by that. So what can these two men do to um to to, to to change the dynamic uh from uh the path that uh Barack Obama uh had the relationship on?
0: Well I I think what they can do is similar to what we just discussed, which is they can understand that while there are some wonderful uh, Palestinian individuals, Mm -hmm. their government and and their majorities don't recognize a Jewish connection to the land of Israel, don't recognize Jewish rights in the land of Israel, and are not interested in in, in letting Jews have their own state in the Middle East. They're not interested in a two-state solution. They're not interested in living side-by-side with the Israelis in peace. And so given that, what they need to do is not embark upon this path of peace with this foolish idea that we're all the same when we all want the same. And if only a decent offer is made to the Palestinians, they'll drop their suicide bomb vests and, and, and embrace peace and enterprise. Like we discussed at the beginning, that's been tried five times. Mm-hmm. Five times Israel's offered them a state. Five times they rejected it, often quite violently. So before we embark down this path again, because when you embark down these paths, you don't know where it goes. The peace process under Bill Clinton in 1999 and 2000, Israel offered the Palestinians a state in the West Bank, Gaza, half of Jerusalem. The Palestinians not only turned it down, but they turned it down with a violent wave of suicide bombings called the mm. Second Intifada. Yes. It killed over 1,000 Israelis and maimed and mangled 3,000 more.
1: Now, restaurants, how, how, buses. quick question, though. Since they built that wall, how many have happened?
0: Oh, since they built that wall, the, the rate of terror attacks in Israel has plummeted. Mm-hmm. That, 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 you know People get that wrong, too. <laughs> yeah. People think Israel built that wall because they wanted to somehow mess with the Palestinians let's make their lives more bitter. It's the opposite. There was an open border between mm-hmm. the West Bank and Israel. It was more open than the border between Canada and the U.S., and the Israelis liked it that way because they thought by letting Palestinians come over and work with us, and Palestinians got salaries in Israel that, that for far higher than any mm-hmm. salaries in the rest of the Arab world. There was peace, prosperity.
1: Yeah, but and more equality. Worked, uh, Muslims are treated better in Israel by Jewish people than they're treated by the, uh, the Muslims in their own countries. I mean, uh, there's an Arab on the Supreme Court.
0: Freest Arabs in the Middle East, without yeah. any doubt, are the Arab citizens of the Jewish state. Now, Only uh, Arabs in the Middle East they get to vote for, serve in, and criticize their government mm-hmm. without having to fear for their freedom or their lives. Yeah. Only the Arab citizens of the
1: Jewish state. Yeah. Now, last minute before the top of the uh, hour news break, so uh, your, your, your final thought and then how can folks get a hold of you and your book?
0: So final thought is um, we all dream of peace. Uh, there's a night I've not met an Israeli mother or father who wants to send their their sons and daughter and daughters in Israel uh, off to war. We all dream of peace, but when we pursue it without recognizing the reality, often what Israel gets instead is, is restaurants and cafes being blown up by mm-hmm. terror. So, before we do this again, let's just pause and see: we, has this leadership of the Palestinians accepted? The Jewish connection and Jewish rights to the land, or are they still denying it and funding terror? If they're still denying it and funding terror, we need to proceed with caution. Okay. Um,
1: and now, uh, and I apologize, we are right at the at the news break. And, uh, now, could would you mind holding on for maybe five minutes into the first hour?
0: Be my pleasure.
1: Okay, great. All right, we're going to take our top of the hour break, folks, and we will be right back with David Brog, a man and his microphone. Brother
2: Craig. cold <laughs> Elohim, i
1: to the program, Virginia, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Richmond's Big Dog Radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, folks, this is really, really radio for the Christian, conservative, constitutional, capitalistic coalition. And uh, as we listen to that beautiful little eight-year-old girl, uh, Rima, uh, singing Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. And uh, before the break, that version you heard in Hebrew was actually the Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a band or a choir, but I mean, really, really beautiful. And uh, I just want to thank you all for coming back and, or staying with us. And uh, we also we want to thank our wonderful guest today. Uh, David Bragg has actually stayed over. Now, this is rare. We normally, our our, our interviews end at the top of the hour, but uh, it's just been so fascinating, and thank you so much for staying over.
0: Oh, thank you, Brother Craig. I'm honored.
1: Yeah, and uh, and folks, you guys, you got to get this book, I'm telling you, Reclaiming Israel's History, and I'm telling you now, you all know I get, I literally, and this is not an exaggeration, thousands of books, books come in the mail all the time, Sometimes we get them by the box full, okay? Uh, I'm telling you, I could not put this book down. This is because I know the, uh, a good bit of the history, obviously nowhere near what our guest knows, but I'm I'm very familiar with it. And I just I learned so much that I did not know. And uh, and for that, David, I want to thank you.
0: Uh, thank you. I uh, re- really appreciate that, brother, and it's the it uh, been a great pleasure to be on with you and, and to be able to discuss this topic. Uh, uh, we, need, we need to teach this history even in our own circles, even, yes. to, even in conservative circles. Uh, we need to know it because it's the only way we can really defend Israel.
1: Right, right. And in, and in defending uh, Israel, we're defending ourselves because it's what they hate are, uh, is, is the Judeo-Christian ethic. You know, we're joined at the hip.
0: Exactly right show me someone who hates Israel I'll show you someone who hates America yes and, and who hates the judeo-Christian civilization that's that 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 is the foundation of our country
1: yeah yeah you know where the spirit of the Lord is there also is liberty and they they hate the idea of liberty that how dare you think that but just because you were born that there's some God out there that said you have rights and that you're free and that I can't do to you what I want that's their attitude.
0: Well, that's right. That's right. You mentioned it earlier. It's it's this, it's this seeing yourself as a god. This yes. human tendency to see ourselves as gods that 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 constantly leads us down these dangerous, dangerous paths.
1: Yeah, yeah. The first commandment and the tenth commandment. Okay. Amen. Yeah. They're they're like bookends, and um, you, you you just can't get away from it. Very appropriate conversation here as we uh, go into resurrection. Sunday and uh, but now I wanted I wanted you to stay over for the top of the hour because I did not want to rush you as you gave your closing and 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 told people uh, how to get a hold of you and your book so go right ahead.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Just uh, just a quick note: I can't resist that you played Leonard Cohen both in Hebrew and in English. A yes, song "Hallelujah," a beautiful <laughs> song. Few people know this: Leonard Cohen uh, after the 1973 Yom Kippur War when Egypt and Syria attacked Israel, tried to destroy Israel on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish year, in 1973. They knew all the Israeli soldiers would be home going to synagogue. They attacked. Israel somehow survived that war, like it survives its many wars, miraculously. Mm-hmm. Leonard Cohen was in Greece at the time, flew to Israel to sing for the troops. So when we lost Leonard Cohen, we not only lost a beautiful singer-songwriter, we, we lost a, a friend of Israel. Wow. Um, now, my, my book is Reclaiming Israel's History. Uh, best place for it, uh, Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. We've got the hardback, the Kindle, the Audible. we got all the forms. And the best way to reach me is through Christians United for Israel, uh, the organization I've had the privilege of, of working for and building with uh, a wonderful man named Pastor John Hagee. Uh, oh, our website
1: is- wow, yeah. We interviewed him when his uh, Four Blood Moons book came out. Oh. Great, great man. 28th Hagee to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: He's a wonderful, and he's <laughs> one of these people. The more you get to know John Hagee, the more you love this
1: man. Oh the yes, to work by his side. Yes, uh, you're so a he, blessed man. <laughs> I, well, I am. I am. I am.
0: We built an organization called Christians United for Israel. It's the largest pro-Israel organization in America, and our website is cufi dot org. Cufi for Christians United for Israel dot org. If you're not already there, sign up, uh, go to the website, give us your email address. That's all. Give us your email address. We'll let you know when you can take action to defend Israel. We make it easy for you. We send out action alerts where if you click a button, you're sending an email to the White House, your senator, your congressman, mm-hmm. and uh, defending the state of Israel, and you can reach me through that website and reach us through that
1: website. Oh, great, great. So, yeah, we, we just, I mean, this this has really been great, and uh, we just wish you well uh with uh continuing continuing your book tour uh please give pastor Hagee our our best regards i will yeah yeah and uh my wife and i we watch as a matter of fact we have a lot of his uh sermons we we record them if, if so if we can't watch it we can watch it at our leisure yeah, <laughs> we're big fans. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and he's a funny guy. <laughs> that's what's great. People,
0: people see him as some sort of fire and brimstone preacher. Well, he can preach and he can be hot, but he's a man with with, with just with a heart of love and humor, yes. and it's a joy.
1: Just yeah, a joy. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, and I mean, I, I bring the fire and brimstone a little bit, too, but I try to be funny. And, you know, you want to be multifaceted. God put so much in in into his children and you know right. those who would detract against us would uh take maybe what they think what they think is is our weakness and try to highlight that but you know.
0: That's right. No, there's a lot in this world. We've got to hold the line. We've got. We've got to. We've got to you know, teach and preach with strength and clarity. Yes. Uh, but like you say, uh, God's also given us a heart that loves and uh, and uh, and a soul that loves to laugh.
1: So a- it's good amen. to combine them. Amen, brother. You be blessed. Have a very, very uh, blessed and uh, and a sacred uh, res- resurrection uh, Sunday.
0: Th- thank you, Brother Craig. It's been a real, real pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate
1: it. Okay. All right. Thanks again. Now, next time you write another book, you got to come back.
0: You got a deal, my friend. All right. Take care. Bless you. Bye bye.
1: All right. Well, all right, Virginia, we're going to take our quarter after the hour break. The number here, if you would like to call in and participate in today's program, 804 454 1366 is the number 804 454 one three six six.